Welcome to the Men of Iron podcast, changing a culture one man at a time. At Men of Iron, we equip men and grow godly leaders through creating and sustaining one-to-one and micro-group mentorships. Go to menofiron.org for more info. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. It is Steve live from the MOI headquarters, and we have an incredible interview coming up today, so stay tuned. Episode 30 is brought to you by Andrew L. Welk Realtor with BHHS Home Sale Realty. See Andy for all your home buying needs. To sponsor a future Men of Iron podcast, go to menofiron.org backslash sponsorship. I would love to introduce our special guest today, Steve Cockrum. Steve is the co-founder of Giant Worldwide, a global leadership consultancy. He is an international speaker, author, and consultant to top-level leaders around the world. He resides in London, England with his wife and three girls. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, Steve. I always love my American introductions. You do it better than anyone else, us Brits. <laughs> we always get slightly embarrassed when those things happen, but um, I hope I won't disappoint you and the, your listeners. Well, I don't think that's uh, anything to worry about today, Steve. I'm glad the introduction <laughs> went well. <laughs> so, man, Thank just you. tell us, tell us, listeners, a little bit more about yourself. Gosh, there's an open-ended question. Uh, I've learned over the years to always start with my family first. So, Helen and I have been married for 26 years. I've been happily married for all of them. Helen for about the last 12, I think. So <laughs> that was self-awareness. Um, we'll more on that later. Uh, three girls. Uh, so Izzy is at college now. Um, she's 18. Megan, 15. Charlie, 7. A very unexpected blessing in our old age. Um, so <clears throat> um, she was born in America, so she has a little blue passport. And we now have a puppy called Jemima, who's six months old. So basically, I am surrounded by women. Um, and... <laughs> Luckily, they adore their daddy, so that's good. Oh, I love um, it. I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan. For any of you who speak real football or soccer, um, I still, I used to be an athlete. You can see for those of you watching on Facebook, I'm not anymore. But I do still <laughs> play some golf and tennis. That sort of satisfies some of my creative. And I love the movies. So eating out, good food with friends, and I love movies. I go to the movies as often as I can awesome. because. They're a great escape. So there you go. There's a, a little pick the bones out of that if you want to. So we shouldn't talk about Man U then today, huh? You can talk about Manchester United all you want because <laughs> for the first time in about the last 20 years, it's actually we're, we're doing better than they are. And they lost again last night. So uh, it's just great news. So we can, great talk, news, really. we can talk football all day then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Awesome, Steve. That's great. We're going to hit you with take five here. Just five fun questions before we, before we get into the meeting. Are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Take five, question number one. Can you give us one thing on your bucket list? Gosh, I'd like to go on a tour with the Barmy Army of Australia for an Ashes cricket tour, which probably means nothing to you. But basically, that is that would be probably about nine weeks going around Australia watching cricket, which is, to most Americans, the most dull, boring <laughs> game of all that goes on for five days at a time. And you can still have a draw at the end of five days, so... That's my bucket list, number one thing that came to me. Love it. Well, I'm a huge baseball fan, and, and most Americans think baseball is boring. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, question number two for take five is, what is the best part about being a dad to three girls? Wow. And a, pup- um, and a puppy. I think the best part of being a dad is, I think somehow girls seem to give their dad, uh, they, they just love their dad. Mm-hmm. Um I'm like a superhero in their lives. Helen does all the hard work. She's the metronomic, consistent discipline that makes it happen. I get to sprinkle 
magic dust in terms of vision and opportunities on the top. And they credit me with far more than they do Helen. So I think the unfairness of being a dad mm-hmm. uh, with girls, because they, 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 they forgive me so much and they forgive Helen so little. That would be my best bit about being a dad of girls. I and I love them to bits. I love it. I, my wife and I have a daughter. She's she just turned two, and she told me yesterday, "Daddy, you're my best friend." So, yeah, she can get whatever she wants. <laughs> there you go. They, they learn how to manipulate very early. Uh huh. All right. Take five. Question number three is: What is the funniest thing that's ever happened to you? Funniest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, how long have I got to tell the story, Steve? I saw some stories just churning in your head there. <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a few of them. So the the one that I always tell, I used to be a school teacher. So when I was really young, uh, I, I taught 11 to 18 year olds in a boys' school, and uh, I, I taught a lot of sport in those days. And I was demonstrating once hurdling to a group of what have been 12 year olds. And being the sort of elite athlete I was, I decided that I would demonstrate it by jumping the hurdle from the opposite direction because obviously I wasn't going to be a problem. Normally they just fall over if you hit them. Um, the ground was slightly wet. I had 30 boys sat down watching this demonstration of hurdling technique. Um, and I launched, lost my, lost my kind of standing leg, ended up somehow doing a karate chop with two feet, literally hit the wood in the middle, Ooh. splintered the lot, and the whole thing fell in around me. Um, and uh, th- let's just say it, it became folklore in the school <laughs> for a very, very long time. And I, I actually hurt myself, but I couldn't really show that as these oh. kids dissolved in laughter. And I had to carry in this broken um, hurdle and give it to the head of PE who just basically uh, ordered these new ones. So that I, I, wow. I could go on, but that's, wow. one of my, that's one of my most embarrassing moments. They still, they still remind me of 20 years on. I think there was probably some ice packs in your future after that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, man, that's good. All right. Question number four for Take 5 is, what is the best movie you have seen lately? Oh, gosh. That's a real tough one. The one I'm most looking forward to seeing is Endgame. Um, That's coming out in a couple weeks' time. Best movie I've seen recently? Oh, I think it's um, A Star is Born. It's not recently, but I Mm -hmm. think it should have won the Oscar. Yeah. Um, And I thought Lady Gaga was just spellbinding in it. So for me... You know, I, I could probably give you 10 films I love, but that's probably the one that I think had the most injustice done to it. The one I saw last week was Instant Family, and that was hilarious. That was really poignant. We, we always cry at that one. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Awesome. All right, final question is, what is the best Liverpool match you've seen live or on TV? Gosh, the best Liverpool match I've ever Probably the European Cup final, the Champions League final, when we came back from 3-0 down at half-time to beat the Italians in the final, and we won 4-3. Um, and it was like, I don't know what it's... 3-0 is a long way down. In baseball, I don't know, there's probably 8-0, mm-hmm. 8-9-0, and there's no way back. Mm-hmm. So that was Istanbul, the miracle of Istanbul, they call it, and uh, we're hoping we'll see it again this year. Awesome, awesome. Well, you survived Take 5. That wasn't so bad, huh? I don't struggle to answer questions, Steve, so don't worry. <laughs> and we, got, we got a great hurdle story out of it, too, so that's even better. There you go. <laughs> Steve, we'd love, to, you know, we'd love to obviously talk about 100X Leader. Uh, before we get into that, we'd kind of love to hear just your career life trajectory. Just a, you know, just a quick snapshot of how you got to where you are today. Um, I, I will guarantee, Steve, that I probably have the most diverse resume of any interview you've done, but I'll, I'll put it to... So, <laughs> so basically, I was a school teacher. 
Um, I I was a pastor of a church. I ran a nightclub um, and basically have been involved in entrepreneurial endeavors for a long time. I moved into consulting coaching in 2005, mm-hmm. um, was found I was far better at helping others think through and do what they do than being that disciplined, consistent person that led it all myself and basically worked um, for a consulting group in the US, came back to the UK five years in the US, which was huge, and then came back in 2012 and started Giant with um, my friend, business partner, Jeremy Kubitschek. That was six and a bit years ago and have had an incredible adventure really putting into practice um, or I would say that basically Giant is the sum of both of our failures <laughs> and the things that we wish we'd done differently in the past, identified, codified, and then put into visual tools that people can then multiply into their world. So, yeah, uh, and there's various other things along the way, but that would be the biggest highlight. So whenever I'm working with a, a leader or team, particularly if it's over a period of time, I say at some point in the next 12 months, you'll ask the question, Steve, are you a strategic consultant? Are you my executive coach? Are you my best friend? Are you my pastor? Or are you my dad? Um, on the grounds that basically I say those are the five identities I probably carry with mm-hmm. a level of schizophrenia. And my commitment to bring the very best I have um, to whoever I'm trying to serve means that at some point they'll smile and they'll go, you're being my dad, aren't you? And it doesn't matter how old they are because uh-huh. those are the different identities I carry. So I hope that helps. No, that's awesome. That's great. You know, Giant Worldwide, you guys are helping companies grow by developing their people. At the mm. heart of it, you know, we've we've had Jeremy on the podcast, but for, for listeners and viewers that, that don't know a ton about Giant Worldwide, at the heart of it, what do you guys do? So two words, Steve, really, that were when Jeremy and I sat down six years ago um, and we said, look, if, if God gave us another 20 years, what would we most love to do? Who would we most love to do it with? We actually came up with two words. One was transformation which was how do we create transformational change in leaders' behaviors that last? I think Jeremy particularly had been involved in large you know, events and conferences, which we always say are hugely inspirational, motivational, educational, but very rarely lastingly transformational. So that was the first word. And the second one was multiplication. So transformation, multiplication. Really because we said, could we create an experience and tools that created transformational change in the lives of the people we work with, but equip them to be able to multiply into their world of relationships without the need for external consulting or experts, which really is not what consultancy is about, by the way, uh, because the goal is to make them uh, very dependent upon you because (laughs) consultants love their retainers. Mm -hmm. Most companies like having an expert who kind of is able to help. So transformation that lasts and multiplication that scales inside teams, mm. organization, even whole communities through common vocabulary and language. So that's where 100x came from, if you think about it. 100 is saying, how do we get people as close to 100% healthy in who they are? And how do we then equip them X to multiply that health in themselves into the lives of those around them? So we've been pretty true to the kind of true north of the last six years. That's awesome. Yeah, we uh, we recently met a vine. We recently uh, got office space in Canton, Ohio at the One Center, and you guys have some office space in there as well. So there's a cool connection there between Men of Iron and Giant Worldwide. You, you know two of my favorite people in the world then in terms of 
Um, the Lancers, Jason and Susie. I was going to say, yeah. I think they're they're two of my absolute favourites. They really are, and um, you know, if they listen to this, guys, they're awesome. So yeah, they're you've phenomenal. just gone up in my estimation, Steve, <laughs> and I, I now know where you are as well. It's even more exciting. Oh, uh, we love Jason and Susie. They're we're big fans of them, and uh, we just love what they're doing out there in Ohio. Susie, you know, I credit Susie. She's the one that put us in touch with you and uh, Jeremy. So mm. yeah, she's a little connector when she wants to be. She That's is. what I say. <laughs> Well, the 100X leader just came out this March, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, last week. That's phenomenal. How to Become Someone Worth Following. It's Amazon's number one bestseller in business development. Just tell us, how is this book empowering people and changing lives? So I think, um, see, what I, what I say to people is that when every now and again in Western democracy and history, there's a, there's a technological breakthrough that changes the world of work. And when the world of work changes, the challenges for leaders change. And it only happens, you know, every couple hundred years or so. So we're in the midst of one of those moments right now. Um, you know, when Tim Berners-Lee typed www in 1982, he changed all of our worlds. So I don't think many of us realized at the time, but the world of work is changing and leaders are having to retool for a new world. And I say most leaders are trying to build a new plane in the air in a storm <laughs> right now and trying to work out how do they do that um, and how do they adjust. So basically what we've tried to do is to say, do you know the new world is less dependent upon IQ than the old world, the late industrial world, and that actually relationship management and emotional intelligence and self-awareness are more important now than they were because the primary currency of wealth and influence in the new world is relationships not necessarily intellect. Um, you know, Siri, Wikipedia, and Google know more about the world's IQ than, than most of us do, or you can watch it on YouTube if you're a young millennial. But fundamentally, what we're saying is to go, the 100X Leader book is saying, what is the standard, what is the new standard for leadership in the new world that's going to win? Mm. And how do we actually provide some very, very concrete, practical, easy-to-use tools that are visual that actually leaders can apply virtually on each chapter. So it's a bit it's a bit more like a hand guide or a field guide. Right. I think people will read it and they'll go back again and again because effectively what we've been able to do is share some of the tools that we've been equipping leaders around the world to use. But our greatest desire, Steve, is to say um, you can't give away what you don't possess. Many of the leaders we meet in the world are good people. And most of them, if you think of 100x as the pinnacle, they're kind of about a 70 plus. They're okay. They're reasonably healthy. Right. And most of them are adding value where they are, maybe to their families or to their teams or organizations. But very, very few people, even if they get to 80, 90% healthy themselves, really have an intentional strategy for multiplying their lives, their knowledge, skills, expertise into the life of another. So we're basically challenging the world to say, if you want to win in the new world, you're going to have to retool mm -hmm. and you're going to have to lead through influence far more than positional power. And to do that, you're actually going to have to become a leader people want to follow, mm. not just because they have to follow. Because in years gone by, there were probably only two or three jobs in your town. In the digital world, the whole world is a marketplace for people with skills. Yep. And the leaders and the organizations which will win will actually have to model a lifestyle of integrity and a commitment to develop their people and to make sure their culture 
actually aligns with what they state it actually is. And that's going to be, that's a much higher bar, by the way, for leaders yeah, than yeah. it was in the old world, because you're more accountable on a global scale than you've ever been. Because effectively, whether it's Glassdoor or TripAdvisor or whatever it is, your leadership is now in the world and you can't hide behind, you know, um, the things maybe we're used to in the old industrial world. Love that. People over powers is what I'm hearing. Um, what what do you think causes this unhealthiness in leaders and so many leaders around the world? I think I think the first one is most people have no idea what it's like on the other side of them. Um, so we, we'd always say that basically one of the things we do most, and the book does it well, is we hold a mirror up to leaders and go, do you really know what it's like to be on the other side of you? And rather than just, you know, um, saying, well, you need to step it up, Steve, and be a better leader, which usually is quite subjective and quite hard to know what to do with it. How do you create objective language, which we found are visual tools? They're like mirrors. We hold them up and say, so how do you think you're doing based on this? So I would say most leaders I meet are unconsciously incompetent. They, they don't. They want to do a good job. They want to be the best they can be for the people they lead. And what most people do, Steve, is when they first start, they go, well, I'll do for others what I would most want done for me. And that usually ends up being wrong about 80, 85% of the mm -hmm. time. So without tools, without what we call lenses that helps them understand the world around them and themselves first, and without tools to help them build both themselves and others, in the end, leadership is an incredibly frustrating process for most people because they're trying their best. But even when they're trying their best, they don't seem to be making any progress. Right. And the people that they think should be appreciating their leadership are often just complaining or not doing what they think they ought to do. And that, that tension, it would be a bit like saying, well, why don't you get in the car and have a go? Mm -hmm. Most people get appointed to leadership and get given a book or a manual. And in our experience, it's, it's way more complex than that. And it's becoming more complex, as I said, because the millennials are really looking for someone who's going to develop them to be a coach more than a boss. And that's another skill set. And that's another set of tools that most leaders just don't have. So that's part of that retooling that we've been working at, because the new world doesn't read <laughs> as much as it used to. The new world is visual, mm -hmm. um, far more than it's um, auditory and far more than actually it's book based. And a lot of people are having to learn how do you communicate, connect, lead in a world which is radically different. You're younger than me, obviously, but for people of my age, what my was 49 a couple of weeks ago, we grew up in the old world. So we're having to retool and learn. And I hope mm -hmm. that's probably why Giant has been so successful because Jeremy and I really understand what it's like to be on the other side of that cultural divide. Right. And we've had to retool ourselves. And through that pain, we've actually been able to help others make that transition too. And that, that's where we are at the moment. That's great. In, in the 100X Leader, you talk about learning the lost art of leadership. Why do you guys see it as a lost art? I think at a pinnacle, I mean, the, the analogy we use in the book is the, the Sherpa. So, you know, anybody who's seen people climb Mount Everest with their pictures at the top, with their arms in the air, um, you know, most people can, if you prepare to, the training can go. But what people forget, Steve, is that there is no way anyone would summit Everest without a particular group called the Sherpa. Um, and the Sherpa is a leader who models what we would consider to be 
um, the lost art of really choosing to measure their leadership, not in necessarily their own personal accomplishments, but in how many people they've actually helped to go beyond um, anything they would believe would be physically possible of themselves. So no one would ever climb Everest without a Sherpa. And the Sherpas we interviewed as part of the, the research for the book, they measure themselves not on how many times they've summited, but how many people they've actually helped summit. So one says, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Sherpa 17, which meant that 17 people would achieve something they never would. So probably in the pinnacle, we would say apprenticeship is where the intentional transfer of knowledge, skills, expertise over an extended period of time into the lives of a small number of people. Most of the time, people are too busy for it. They don't have the tools to do it. But I would say that that's probably one of those lost arts that people really only add value because it's too costly to multiply. Hmm. It requires a lot of sacrifice. It requires a lot of use of your resources that you don't have. Um, apprenticing people costs money. It takes time. It's hugely discouraging at times, and there's absolutely no guarantee they'll ever reward you or credit you with what you did for them in their lives. So Lost Art, I think it's one of those ones which most people know what it is, but it's almost too hard because the cost is pretty significant. The thing I would say from the other side is the prize is worth the price because the return on your investment when you apprentice somebody over usually I would say two or three years, they may find that process difficult if you're doing it well. There'll be challenge and there'll be tears and there'll be disappointments and sense of am I going to make this? But they credit that to you for the rest of your life in a way that actually only gets better with the telling. So I would say that the, the lost art of actually true multiplication is something which is very costly and you need training and tools to do it. But the return on that investment is greater than anything else I've ever done in anything in my leadership life. And that's, that's I guess, why we're passionate about it. <laughs> I love it. Well, this, this book um, is obviously extremely important for organizations and, you know, your presidents, your CEOs. How, how can this book help that, that person within that organization that doesn't even maybe necessarily see themselves as a leader? It's a good question. I think I always say, um, so people often say, well, I don't think I'm a leader. I say, well, you are. Everyone in the world leads at least one person, and that's themselves. So you create um, an imprint wherever you go. And we also say leaders define culture for good or ill. So whether you are simply leading in the home or whether you're leading with your, you know, a Boy Scout group or a sports team or wherever you choose to, wherever you engage with people, you are by that very nature, having an influence for either good or ill. Mm. So the, the idea of saying to people, some people carry huge responsibility, you know, um, they might be the CEO of a big company. Some people go, well, Steve, I've just got a team of one or two people. And some people say, well, I'm, I'm not leading yet, but I have a small child. What I'd say is that the same principles apply everywhere and that with most things like climbing, you, you usually get better by training. And you probably wouldn't climb Everest the first time you go out and have a go. But this idea of, of actually saying, I'm going to get myself as healthy as I possibly can. I'm going to work on me and I'm going to work on wherever I go. I'm always adding value in people's lives. I'm always being intentional. Most leadership, we'd say, is accidental. <laughs> and 
but I'm going to be intentional wherever I have the opportunity. If it's only in me, I'm going to be intentional in leading me, developing me, growing in my self-awareness, my emotional intelligence, my relational connectivity, and the hard skills I'm going to need. Because where you find people like that, Steve, they won't be just leading themselves for long because they're the type of people that others look at and go, you're investing in you, you're growing you. I'd like to give you opportunities with more responsibility because there aren't enough like you out there. So you all have to lead somebody and leadership always starts with you. And annoyingly, it's much easier to teach other people about it than sometimes to actually look in the mirror in yourself and go, how am I doing really? So Right. We, yeah, we all have those circles of influence for sure. What are some um, What are some practical tips for that guy to just to just start getting healthy and, and you know influencing that small circle around them? I think the um, that when, when people start, it, it's almost like going use at least some tools to help you do self awareness. So you know, I'm a I'm a Jedi master in something called Myers Briggs and Fire and Fire OB. But it's a bit too complicated. So one of the things we created was five voices, which you may have come across. But if somebody just wants a basic resource to help them think about just that self-awareness, if they go to fivevoices.com and take a free assessment, it'll give you at least the beginning of a lens. And then you'll get sent a free workshop from me that you can use. But self-awareness, I would say, is the foundation of leadership. You could go and ask three people you trust. And I often say to people, go, and I'll give it to leaders as an exercise. Okay, go to three people that you respect, ask them one question, which is, what, if you were my coach and you were going to encourage me to grow in one thing in the next six months, what one thing would you encourage me to work on most? It might be a pattern of behavior. It might be a tendency I have. But if you give people the opportunity to what we call speak the truth in love to you, the reality is most people will. And those three things alone will give you an insight into what other people who you trust and usually you live around, actually they go, Steve, if you were going to work on one thing, I'd work on this or I'd work on that. It may be a tendency we're already aware of or it may be one of those unconscious incompetences and you can never work and develop things that are unconscious. If you have unconscious competence, it's very hard to train other people in it. If you're unconsciously incompetent, you're blissfully unaware, as I was for many years, of the impact that my leadership behavior was having on other people. Mm. So self-awareness, yeah. I would say, Steve, is the absolute foundation. And Jeremy and I obviously, you know, Five Gears was a book about how do you how do you show up at the right time, in the right place, in the right way with the right people. So that's a really a book on emotional intelligence and relational connectivity. All of those resources you, you can kind of get hold of. So apologies if that's plugging my resources. <laughs> but, but effectively, we built these tools mm -hmm. for the very question you just asked. How do you help people who don't have time, who really are incredibly busy trying to keep their heads above water in this transition? How do you give them tools that what we say are visual? They're interactive and they can be used immediately because it may be clever, but if you can't take it away and use it the moment you leave the podcast or leave the webinar or leave the workshop, it will disappear because we are in a tsunami of content demand and information. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible what you guys are doing at Giant. You, you have the resources and tools readily available for anybody that wants them. Is it Giant TV that you guys uh, yeah. just launched recently oh, gotcha. as well? That one's, I mean, that's, yeah, giant.tv, and if you put backslash SC, you get a free month, unless you've got one there. But 
that is really a, a way, Steve, we, we, we realized that we could, when people said, we'd love to work with you, and we said, well, by the way, it's usually 5,000 a day minimum, mm -hmm. that kind of limited the amount of people <laughs> in the world who could play with us. Right. Um, it, obviously, you and Iron Man could have done that, but not, not, not most people could. <laughs> and slowly but surely, we've worked our way back to, so Giant University now does certifications for people that want to be able to use our resources in their world. And Giant TV is really our sort of platform where everything's built yeah. on, but that's eight ninety nine a month. Right. And there are over, gosh, there are 550 episodes right now on Giant TV, wow. all of which are developing all the types of skills and knowledge and insights. And there's, it's a guided, curated tour. There's pathways, but if you, if you, if you do that, then you know Giant.TV backslash SC will get you a free month. But um, yeah, that's probably the place that I'd start if I was absolutely beginning yeah. and I didn't have much of a budget as well. Yeah, that's incredible. You know, obviously, you guys are about developing leaders and uh, uh, mentoring people, and you know, at the heart of what we do is is mentorship. Who are the who are the men, uh, the people, the individuals in your life who have helped you become the man you are today? That's great. It's really easy to answer that question because I I wrote about them in the forward to the book. <laughs> For those who've been Sherpas to me, I I, I kind of look at. Um, there's a gentleman called Graham Tomlin, who's now the Bishop of Kensington. And when I was 15 years old, he would take me and play golf. Um, he would basically spend time each week with me. And I don't think I realized quite how intentional he was, but I'll always remember that somebody did that for three years for me when I was 15 to 18, um, other people on the way. Probably the one who had the most significant influence in my life was a gentleman called Mike Breen. Um, Mike really it taught me how to be a consultant. He taught me how to develop content. He taught me how to be very intentional um, in the way I, I I lived and in the way that I, the realization that, that work was only one part of it, but actually the social occasions, the evenings, the interactions with people were probably more significant in the levels of influence you'd have. So I had six years working for Mike, and um, I learned a huge amount in that process that I'll, I'll always be grateful for. And I think right now I probably have more what I call peer mentors. So Giant with, with Jeremy, there's a group of five of us that, you know, iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. um, and we're hugely accountable for our leadership. I think the thing almost I'm most afraid of is as people increasingly put us onto higher and higher pedestals that, that we wouldn't be people that in the end don't end up being the authentic leaders we're challenging others to be. So there are plenty of people speak um, – challenge into my life and probably the one that sees the most is my my wife my family izzy my 18 year old basically sat me down at the weekend when she came home for mother's day and she said daddy she said this giant thing is looks like it's a huge success right now she said i'm very proud of you but here's what i want you to promise me that you won't you won't sell out Mm. She said, Daddy, I will, please will you make sure that I can always be proud of you mm. and don't do anything that would ruin your legacy, your influence in my life. So wow. there you go. That's my 18-year-old sitting Wise me down giving years. me a hard time. I'm like going, she said, I know, what, I know what you pioneer connectors are like, Daddy, and I wow. don't want you to fall in the way that I've seen other leaders do. So there we go. That's my accountability structure. Uh, that's incredible. And that just proves that it doesn't matter what your age is. You, have, uh, you can have influence, right? absolutely absolutely <laughs> awesome well steve it's been an honor to have you on the men of iron podcast today we love what you guys are doing at giant worldwide like i said we just got the book a couple of days ago for our team and we are we are excited to to dig into it for sure 
You're incredibly kind, Steve. I mean, I think that we have to realize is that as a as a Brit, the Brit basically the Brits are congenitally averse to any form of sales. And I think what I've had to do is I've had to go, if ever I'm going to be prepared to put myself out there for anything, the 100x leader book is our manifesto for the world. So hmm. that's why I'm, I'm grateful for opportunities that you create like this. And I, I truly yeah. hope that um, I've been able to add some value to your people. And I really look forward to reading your review when you've actually read the book, Steve. I can't wait. I can't wait. We're going <laughs> we're gonna to plug it as much as we can too, Steve. We're excited Thank about you, it. Thank you, my friend. I think Thank people, you. I appreciate it. people can go to the 100x100xleader.com to get it. And obviously, Amazon's a big mm -hmm. place to go and get it as well. Is there any giantworldwide.com as well? Is there any other ways guys can get in touch with Giant and, and find out more about the book? Yeah, I mean, I think you, you, had, the right, you had the right pages. If you go to 100xleader.com, then we'll contact you. Fivevoices.com or giant.tv backslash sc. Any of those will put you into our ecosystem and and then you'll, you'll you'll get information or at least the chance to see how we can serve you and help you become one of those 100x leaders awesome love it well steve thanks again we are uh, we're honored to have you on the show today thank you steve you're welcome for more info on men of iron you can go to menofiron.org to find out more about the podcast go to menofiron.org backslash podcast you can find us on apple podcast google play and spotify Thank you to our sponsor, Andrew L. Welk, Realtor, and our special guest, Steve Cockrum. The 100X Leader is available now at Amazon.com and on all platforms. We are thrilled to have Steve here today. Thank you guys for listening. Out.